Hi, welcome to the Unraveled Psyche, a platform where we can talk openly about mental health and the issues we encounter as we try to live. This is where I teach you to engage in active change, one conversation at a time. So make yourself comfortable, grab some hot cup of coffee or tea, and grab your journal as we talk about topics focused on boosting your self-awareness and your mental health. So as a mental health professional, even outside my work, I get a lot of questions from the people I know or kinda know. And it's amazing how science and psychology can be a conversation opener that actually leads to deeper conversations that, you know, talk more about their own weaknesses and vulnerabilities from their own experiences. So common questions people ask me are usually the following. Are mental illnesses affecting our brain? How can I know if my brain's not healthy? Can my brain rot from too much TV? And are psych consults really worth it? I think my physical health's more important. Well, the last one didn't actually end as a question, but I also want to address this first in this podcast episode. So, the answer to the question if a psych consult is worth it is yes. And your physical health is as important as your mental health. The only difference is, like any other human, we're more engrossed with tangible issues rather than intangible issues. So this relates more to our physical health and our mental health. We give more importance to the complications our physical issues show because we can see and sometimes touch the issues. Whereas in our mental health, it's most likely intangible because we cannot touch the trauma a certain person or event caused. We cannot touch or see the intense sadness another person feels. So your physical health and mental health are linked to each other. They're equal. Researchers even found that those diagnosed with lupus are high risk for anxiety disorders, bipolar disorders, and depression. Individuals diagnosed with depression and substance use disorders are at high risk of liver failure, kidney failure, and dementia. So your body and your mental state are linked or connected to each other. That's why you have to give them both equal importance. Now as we're talking about our mental state and our physical health, let's talk about something that both have in common which is the brain. Now, let's talk about how we can keep our brains healthy. So the first is you can increase your memory through brain training and self-testing. James Flynn coined the Flynn effect. And what he found out was that since the beginning of the 20th century, IQ scores have been rising over three points every decade. This means that our minds are adapting to the world. I remember seeing this post about a genius girl who achieved a higher IQ and people claim that it's higher than Albert Einstein's IQ, but she was born in the late 2000s. So if we're going to apply the Flynn effect, 
Comparing someone from the older generation doesn't seem to be fair considering it has been decades since Einstein took that test, and a lot has changed. And we have cognitively adapted to the changes. Phones are invented, Google was invented, technology has been upscaling like a maniac. Another good news I want to tell you is that our cognitive ability isn't only determined by our genes. That's good news, right? So if you have parents with a below average IQ, you still have hope. And you can actually boost your ability of your memory using brain training. But beware, I caution you. There has been a lot of phone apps that mention how, hey, this game trains your brain and stuff like that, while it isn't really backed up by doctors or medical researchers. They only use that phrase for keyword search and marketing. So beware, okay? There was even a popular online brain game that was sued for $2 million for making unsubstantiated claims about how it's a legit brain training game. So one known brain training other doctors can vouch for is Brain HQ, the program that they have is proven to boost your ability to think faster, to improve your long-term memory and your ability to reason. So aside from brain training, what you can also do is self-testing. Test yourself instead of just reading, watching, or listening to information. So this also relates to why you sometimes feel like your brain cells are fried or your brain is rotting from too much TV. Because sometimes what you think is, it, you know, sometimes it's visually stimulating and you think you're learning, but it won't actually help you learn and sometimes it doesn't stick in your memory if you don't do self-testing. Right now, you're listening to this educational and informative podcast. But if you're just listening to it without self-testing, then you might forget everything that I have said. So what does self-testing look like? Wait, did you remember how much was the lawsuit against a popular brain game that I mentioned? No? Well, listen again and try testing yourself. If you were able to answer $2 million, congratulations, that's self-testing. The second point is that bilingualism or knowing a lot of languages can boost your health. As a Filipina, I speak Tagalog and English and some dialects in the Philippines. So when I read this research, I was floored. I felt great. Rahul Jandial, a renowned neurosurgeon, mentioned how languages and the ability to speak different languages can boost your brain's health. He encountered a patient of his, Marina, who spoke Spanish and is also an English teacher. Unfortunately, Marina had to undergo surgery where some areas of the brain have to be cut because she has a brain tumor. So the challenge for Dr. Jandial was to check the areas that covered her linguistic abilities. So he and his team found out that Marina's tumor covered areas where her linguistic abilities in English and Spanish are going to be affected. And Marina was left with a choice to remove some parts that would forfeit her ability to speak in English or her ability to speak in Spanish. Eventually, as they remove the tumor, she cannot speak English anymore. So two things are learned in this point. Different areas of your brain light up when certain languages are used. 
and having more than one language means fewer brain cells go to waste. The third point is that the left brain type of person and the right brain type of person is a sham. Your creativity comes from a harmonious brain activity. Roger Sperry in 1973 busted this claim. He studied and concluded that while the left hemisphere doesn't account for language and math skills, there's no evidence that people use one side of the brain more than the other. Another study showed that the cerebellum is a responsible area for creative problem solving. So through the use of functional MRIs, which are the moving images of the brain at work, scientists saw that creativity requires neurons in various parts of the brain to light up, meaning creativity comes from harmonious activity across the entire brain, be it the left side or the right side. It's everywhere. So one way to tap your creative potential is to experiment with focused awareness before you sleep at night. Use your bedtime hours to read about specific topics that are important to you. Don't mindlessly browse your phone or social media. Use your time intentionally before bedtime to read something because creative ideas are nurtured in the transition of wakefulness and sleep. Salvador Dali was known for this routine. He reads articles related to the ideas he's working through just before bed twice a week to gain new insight to his experiments. For some, creative potential can be awakened by spending time outside. David Strayer, a psychologist, performed an experiment. So the participants that David Strayer had took a creativity test and had to go to a four to six day backpacking trip. After that backpacking trip, their scores scored 50% higher. Some researchers even stand by David Strayer's claim and add that even a 30 minute walk is enough to make you more creative. So these facts about helping your brain's health are extremely jam-packed and this might make you feel overwhelmed because of too much information. So let's leave it as it is right now and catch me again talking about the second part of how you and I can think better. We'll be talking about other factors that can affect your brain's health. Thanks for tuning in on this episode. I hope you return next week for How Can I Think Better? Part 2. I am Jem and I'm grateful you're here to know more and help yourself. Like us and stay updated on Facebook and Instagram at Unraveled Psyche. See you next week!